Hello and welcome back to Beniah, Mighty Man of God by P.H. Thompson, an audiobook. This is chapter 20. It happened one evening that David arose from his bed and walked on the roof of the king's house, and from the roof he saw a woman bathing, and the woman was very beautiful to behold. 2 Samuel 11.2 Beniah stood at his post by the door and watched King David pace in his chambers. Occasionally he would sit, try to read a scroll of plans for the temple, then roll it up, eat some fruit, unroll another scroll, look out the window, and then return to pacing. Spring was the time when kings typically went to battle, but a month ago David had sent his troops to fight the people of Ammon under the leadership of General Joab, besieging the capital city of Rabbah and leaving Benaiah to guard his restive king rather than fight alongside his fellow soldiers. Would you like one of your instruments, sire? Or shall I summon one of your wives or concubines? Anything to divert the king's restless energy into a meaningful use of his time. David stopped pacing to answer him. No, I've been trying to work on these plans for the temple, but my heart is not in it tonight. David screwed up his face. Perhaps some fresh air would help clear my mind. Benaiah opened the heavy wooden door and followed David up the stone stairs to the roof of the palace. In the spring, and sometimes throughout the fall, when the nights were especially warm, the king would occasionally sleep on the roof of the palace in an elaborately decorated tent. He would also conduct some of his meetings with the political, religious, or military leadership of Israel in an adjacent tent. The sun was low in the horizon, the air was still, and the sounds of commerce in the city were dying down. Benaiah remained near the door while David walked the length of the roof, stretching his arms and taking deep breaths. David stopped and gazed over the west side, which overlooked Jerusalem, the city he loved. Benaiah wondered if the king regretted staying home while Joab and his army were off fighting the Ammonites. Did he miss the glory days when he led troops out to battle and returned victorious? Benaiah had mixed feelings. Sure, he was home more with his growing family, and he was in no danger, but he was a soldier in his deepest being. Even when they were on the run from King Saul, they had a purpose. Benaiah, come here quickly, David called from the edge of the parapet. Benaiah was by his side in an instant. Yes, my lord? David pointed to a house below. Who is that woman? Benaiah followed David's lingering gaze to the, the flat rooftop of a house where a woman was just stepping out of her bath. Her servant adjusted a sash around her tunic. He couldn't see the woman's face, but he knew her from his many visits to that house with Mariah. Benaiah recognized the look of desire in David's eyes. He had obviously been staring long before Benaiah saw her with the sash and tunic. It was best to set him straight. That is Bathsheba, the daughter of Eliam, the wife of your servant Uriah the Hittite. Benaiah expected to see a look of disappointment in David's eyes when he realized that this woman's father and husband were two of his elite mighty men. But David continued to stare at the rooftop, even after she stepped out of view, as if trying to will her to reappear. David turned to Benaiah. Get her for me. Excuse me? I'll be in the tent. Without meeting Benaiah's eyes, David flung back the length of tapestry door, strode inside, and let the heavy curtain fall back in place. Benaiah stood motionless, trying to understand what he had just been asked, no, commanded to do. Benaiah had always obeyed David's commands, following him into fierce battles without hesitation. But having seen the hunger in David's eyes, Benaiah knew the king intended to act on his desire in spite of her married status. With leaden feet, Benaiah made his way down the steps and out of the palace. Even without 
blue and the blue and white cloth holding his club in place, he knew he had to obey. He had learned his lesson. Disobedience always led to disastrous consequences. As chief bodyguard of the king, his job was to do whatever the king asked. But who would protect the king from himself? Benaiah ordered another soldier to take his place guarding the king on the rooftop. Then he went to Bathsheba's home. He knocked on the familiar wooden door. Who's there? Bathsheba's servant asked. She opened the door just enough to peer out. Recognition lit her eyes. She opened the door wider, then looked beyond him, as if Mariah should be with him. I need to speak to your mistress. His tone must have conveyed urgency, for she turned in as she said, I'll go get her, come in. Benaiah stepped into the courtyard of the traditional house, but remained at attention near the door. Such different circumstances for his visit this time. Bathsheba appeared, her long brown hair still slightly damp, a simple blue gown on her body. Benaiah, what a surprise. Is Mariah with you? No, this is not a social call. It is a summons from the palace. You are to come with me at once. Bathsheba looked up at Benaiah with an ache in her eyes. Is it news of Uriah or my father? It hadn't even crossed Benaiah's mind that she would think that. But of course she would. Her husband and father were both at war with the people of Ammon, fighting David's battles with the armies of Israel. No, it's not that. Did grandfather summon me then? Ahithophel, David's chief counselor, was the only person other than himself whom Bathsheba knew from the palace. No, not your grandfather. The king wishes to see you. As if he hadn't seen enough of her already. Too much, in fact. Bathsheba stared. Why would the king summon me? I didn't think he even knew my name. He knew now. Benaiah himself had told him. Please hurry. Bathsheba glanced down at her dress. Please give me a moment to make myself presentable. All right. Benaiah conceded, though he knew David wouldn't care what she wore. But please make it quick. Ashima, come help me, Bathsheba said, and the women hurried out of the room. This was extremely discomforting. Bathsheba would want to look her best for the king, but David already knew what was hiding under her clothes. Benaiah did his best not to think about it. Bathsheba returned, a new cream-colored gown on, with a light blue veil over her freshly braided brown hair. I shouldn't be long, Ashima. I'll wait for you, mistress, Ashima said as she closed the door behind them. As Benaiah and Bathsheba stepped out into the warm evening, she asked, Have you heard any news from Joab about the battle? No. Benaiah did not want to have a conversation right now. He didn't want to be reminded about the circumstances that led to this assignment. Do you know why the king wants to see me? Perhaps he has heard something about Uriah or father that you haven't. I assure you it's nothing like that. She touched Benaiah's arm to stop him. What then? I don't know, he lied. As they entered the palace, Bathsheba continued her questions. What's the etiquette for greeting the king? Do I curtsy or bow or fall to the floor before him? How do I address him? You may bow, but you'll find he is very approachable and will set you at ease very quickly. As he answered her questions, his stomach churned at the realization that he was bringing another man's wife to the king's tent. Why was this even happening? The king had several wives and concubines. As they made their way deeper into the palace past servants, Bathsheba asked, Is the throne room this way? He's not there right now. At the door to the roof, Benaiah dismissed the guard who looked quizzingly at Benaiah and the woman at his side. Benaiah wondered how quickly this news would spread. After the guard left, Benaiah escorted Bathsheba onto the roof. Bathsheba looked around at the scene on the roof. Benaiah, why are we up here? 
Bathsheba looked at him with innocence, then fear, followed by desperation. He felt as if he were handing over a lamb to a wolf. Benaiah wished he could protect her. Instead, he announced their presence. Enter, David called from inside the tent. Benaiah felt Bathsheba's questioning gaze, but could not look her in the eye. Benaiah nodded his assurance and motioned with his hand for her to go ahead of him into the tent. David stood at the back wall of the pavilion, a goblet of wine in his hand. He smiled, placed the goblet on an ornate oak table, and walked towards them. Thank you for coming, Bathsheba, as if she had a choice. Benaiah took a step back. That will be all for the night, Benaiah, David said without taking his gaze off Bathsheba. As Benaiah let himself out, he heard David offer her some wine. He took his post outside the rooftop door, feeling as if he were the one betraying his friend Uriah. He tried to erase the image of Bathsheba's stricken face from his mind. Would he ever be able to look at David without disdain, or at Bathsheba without guilt? All night, as Benaiah stood watch, he tried not to imagine what was going on in the pavilion behind the door. Was his friend and king really about to do this? David wouldn't physically force himself on her. He knew the king well enough to know that. But would Bathsheba feel coerced into his bed because he was the king? Back when Abigail, one of David's wives, gave him wise counsel, she managed to make him change course and keep him from shedding innocent blood. Perhaps if Bathsheba reminded David she was married to another man, his friend and a loyal soldier, she could stop him from doing this wicked thing. Say something, Bathsheba, he whispered to no one. Keep listening for chapter 21.